words for breakfast. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Said by Martin Luther King Jr. Rise up to new day. American Awakening starts right now. Gracious Lord, your mercy is new every morning. Be our strength when struggles come and be our rest as we are weak. Help us to remember your son and how he faithfully set one foot in front of the other every day of his life. Not to prove anything to himself, but to live in faith toward you and love towards us. Saving us from sin and our own fallen understandings. Prepare us this day and be our courage that we may encourage others. Love us that we may love and forgive others. Equip us that we may share your gifts, both your word and your world. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Well, it's great to be back with you. I uh, basically took two weeks off there, uh, right after Christmas and New Year's, as uh got really busy at uh, my day job in the Nebraska legislature back in session and uh, today having a day off uh, of course in honor of Martin Luther King it's a great time to uh, launch the show again and of course the quote of the day there great one I have decided to stick with love hate is too great a burden to bear said by the great Dr. King there good way to start off the show and uh I hope you just have a great start to your Monday here. Let's um, uh, continue on with our uh, devotion here this morning. And today we're going to talk about worry. And this is all in uh, the book of Matthew. I believe uh, starting with chapter 6 and uh, verse 25. And this is where Jesus teaches about worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. This not, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all this splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek his 
kingdom first and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I'm reading out of uh, the Life Application Bible. It's a NIV version. And along with this, they have a list, a chart of seven reasons not to worry. So let's go through those. And this are, these are all based off Matthew 6, 25 through 34. In verse 65, or verse 625, the same God who created life in you can be trusted with the details of your life. Number two, worrying about the future hampers your efforts for today. That's verse 26. Number three, worrying is more harmful than helpful. That's 627. And 628 through 30, we find number four, God does not ignore those who depend on him. In 6.31 and 32, worrying shows a lack of faith in an understanding of God. 6.33, worrying keeps us from real challenges. God wants us to pursue. And finally, number seven from Matthew 6.34, living one day at a time keeps us from being consumed with worry. Dear Lord, help us to remember your example and... uh, the worries of the day. May we go about our day in each minute with your example on our hearts and minds and realize that worry is a fruitless effort. Amen. Let's take a look at this day in history for this January 18th, 1778. Captain James Cook became the first European to visit the Sandwich Islands, now known as Hawaii. 1782. Daniel Webster was born in Salisbury, New Hampshire. The great congressman, probably uh, one of the best we've ever had, Daniel Webster. And in 1912, the ill-fated Scott expedition reached the South Pole, only to discover the Amundsen uh, expedition had been there first. In 1943, the Nazi siege of Leningrad was broken. And on this date, 1993, all 50 states join the observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday. I think Arizona was the last state to do that. But now all 50 states are marking this day to remember a great American, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Your song of the day selection, Salvation's Tide, featuring Christian Stansfield. That's off the Passion soundtrack. Check that out. We'll have a link to that on our Facebook page. Just look up American Awakening. You'll find it there. And also at brandonjamesbenson.wordpress.com. And also a reminder, follow us on Twitter as well. You can follow me personally. Keep up on all my writing and uh, uh, book projects. That's at Brandon James or the show Twitter account at Wake Up Prayers. And if you got a note to send me, I always want to hear from you. So tweet to me or uh, you can email as well at BrandonJamesBensonBooks at gmail.com. All right, our living segment today. I'm going to skip over the news and go right into this. I wrote this last night, and it's getting a lot of hits already. And this is called Tea Time, My Fight Against the Clock for My Family. I remember when I was very young, probably no more than four years old, and whenever my dad would get home from work, my sister and I 
would be running around yelling, Daddy's home, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. And at that age, you don't know what your parents do at work. You have a little concept of time, other than Christmas being a long ways away. We just understood he was at work, and when he walked through the door, we were excited he was home. I'll get back to that in a little bit. I'm guessing in approximately 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how fast you read, or in this case, listen. So on the note of time, look at this. 1,176,483,521 seconds. 19,608,059 minutes. 326,801 hours, 13,616.71 days, 1,945 weeks, 447.35 months, and 37.28 years. At the moment I typed that, that's how long I had breathed since I was born on October 6, 1978, around 10.30 p.m. Add to it roughly nine more months for how long I've actually been alive. The life expectancy for a male like me, born in 1978, is roughly 70 years old, depending on the source, give or take a year or even a few years or just a few months, depending on the source you look at. This means I have roughly 33 years left to live. How crazy is that? I still consider myself somewhat young, but according to the average, I have lived longer to this point than what is actually expected for the duration of the rest of my life from this point on. I hope I beat that average and I live well past 100. I can't be certain though. Maybe my time ends a lot sooner, maybe even tomorrow. Over the past year, I've come to realize I need to function each day and every day playing Moneyball with the clock. That is the lowest risk, the highest reward, the most enjoyment, the most good, and the least pain and resources for the fewest minutes involved. Throw all that into a blender and trying to figure out what the best outcome might be. Situational variables don't make it an exact science, but in general I figure I can get the best out of my remaining days when I choose my family's battles and I choose what is the best investment of our time for the return. It's been two years and almost a month since I became a father. We have another little one on the way in August. It's a true, it is true becoming a parent that it changes you. I hope the change in me has been one for the better and I hope those close to me can appreciate that. Stages of life are certain, though some of us won't experience all of them. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Not everyone is in the same stage either. You could be in the parenting stage of life and look at it completely different than I do, and I respect that if you do. So don't be outraged at what I'm attempting to further explain. These life changes are a reality, and I thought I'd take an attempt to address my personal circumstance in comparison to the averages and the relationships, duties, and the goals around me. I have a handful of dear friends around me that don't have children yet. I admire each of them for the individuals they are. They are great people. They are fun to be around. They are accomplished in living their dreams and doing well. I don't fault them for not being married or not having kids. Channeling my inner Yogi Berra here, I'll provide this thought. You can't know what you don't know. So me talking to them from the position of a family man, and them to me as a single guy is somewhat foreign. I say somewhat because one of us has been in both of those stages. Again, that's not looking down on anyone, and certainly uh, it can change across the spectrum with perspectives and different situations. It's just a recognition of reality. So I do not fault any of them for not understanding my foreign language. 
I find them constantly asking for my time. Sometimes I even try to give it to them, looking for a possible window, but 98% of the time it just doesn't work. I don't feel bad about it, but I feel frustrated they can't seem to grasp my world and decision-making process when it comes to the clock on the wall. It is through this prism, I think, that I might be able to find a language decoder. Seven days in a week, 24 hours in a day, that means there's 168 hours in a full week. I won't bother to break that down in minutes or seconds because, frankly, I got things to do. And for our purposes, hours will work just fine. Let's start with drive time. The least productive hours of my week are spent on the road. I spend one hour driving to work each morning, one hour driving home. Sure, I can find work closer to home, that's another discussion. Today, we're just talking about life as it is in my world. Now, depending on traffic, weather, and how fast I drive, sometimes it's more like 40 or 50 minutes. But let's throw in driving time for other things throughout the week as well. On the high end, that's 10 hours of driving just to work each week. I'll be conservative and add two more, and I'd say that I drive around 12 hours each week. 168 hours in a week minus 12, I'm left with 156 hours. Now let's add in work time. 40 hours, I'm fortunate enough to have a basic 40-hour a week job. Some parts of the year I work longer, some right at 40. On average, let's just call it 40. 116 hours left in my work or in my uh, hours for the week to deal with. Sleep time. God, I wish I didn't have to sleep. Don't get me wrong. I love a good night's rest. But from purely a time perspective, this is where we spend most of our lives for the least production. Yes, I know we need sleep to be productive while awake. I get it. Let's not get lost in the weeds. I probably don't get enough sleep. Part of that is just being a parent, my daughter waking up or my wife waking up and having to help her. Part of it's spending extra time on work and projects. Part of it's just self-induced, getting caught up in leisure activities when I ought to be in bed. In general, it's an area I'm willing to compromise on. On average, I figure I get about five hours of sleep each weeknight. That's 25 hours. On the weekends, it's probably closer to seven or eight. Let's throw in a one-hour nap somewhere during the week just to make it even, and we'll call it 40 hours of week of sleep. So 25 plus the 14 plus one, that's how I get to 40 for my uh, number of hours I sleep a week. We're down to 116, take out the 40, we're left with 76 hours. Eating time. I pretty much eat lunch while I'm working. So these hours are accounted for already. I'll say on average I spend about 15 minutes uh, making and eating breakfast each morning. And then when I get home, sometimes I cook. Usually my wife doesn't. Sometimes we both do it. Let's throw in uh, some snack time as well during the day and evening. And let's just say one hour each day is spent eating during the day. Throw in the weekend, and there's seven hours a week of eating. Take our 76 total minus the seven hours devoted to eating. I have 69 hours left in my time budget. Shower and bathroom time. I like long, hot showers in the morning to get going. I spend way too much time to just standing there waking up. On average, 15 minutes daily, I'll say. Other bathroom or restroom time to me is just gross to think about, and honestly, I've never crossed my mind. 
I said sleep was a waste. I was wrong. The time we spend relieving ourselves is literally a waste. <laughs> Throw in shaving time, washing hands, drying off, getting dressed, priming in front of the mirror, doing our hair, checking out clothing, and so on. We spend too much time in front of the sink and mirror, in addition to the shower and toilet. I got no idea, really, other than the shower time. And looking at some daily averages for it, I found online from various sources, I'm just going to say I burn about four hours every week on this. And that might be on the low end, but I don't think I spend a whole lot of time doing that stuff, so I'm going on the low end on this one. 69 hours minus four spent on shower and bathroom time. I have 65 hours left. Now let's go on to bills, groceries, laundry, cleaning, haircut, just general errands. Let's calculate miscellaneous demands of life. These vary each week. They vary person to person. Let's just say this is about 10 hours of my week. 65 minus 10, down to 55 hours left. Personal projects and workout routine. This is hard to put a figure on. And I won't read through all of this, but I am working on some books, as you know if you follow this show. And some weeks I do a lot more than others. And uh, especially when it comes to working out, <laughs> I'm not the best at... Uh, keeping up with that either. I'm just going to say uh, sometimes it's between t 10 and 20 hours, so let's just call it right down the middle, 15 hours a week. 55 minus 15, I'm down to 40 hours left in my week. Daily prayer, meditation. Each night I do a little meditation I like to listen to. Don't do it every night. That takes about 5 to 7 minutes. And between Bible reading and leisure reading, I try to read a devotion every morning. I'd say that's about 30 minutes of my day. And from this, we take that 40 minus 7. We got 33 hours left. I'm just saying I spend about 7 hours a week on daily prayer, meditation, and leisure reading. So 33 hours left. That brings us to entertainment. I try to spend as much of my time with my entertainment choices, with my family involved to maximize our time together. But I also have my favorite sporting events, music, TV, Netflix, podcasts, all those things I like to catch up on. I don't spend a lot of time immersing myself in my own choices, but over the course of the year, I do have those binge moments on weekends or a Friday night, or sometimes laying in bed before I fall asleep, playing some SimCity Sim Build It on my iPhone, or watching an Amazon Prime show or reading on my Kindle. A lot of these I do while I'm doing other activities as well, such as writing my books, working out, doing dishes, folding laundry, even when I'm driving to work. So this is another area where I'm using my best guess. I'm going to say I spend five hours of my week immersed in entertainment outside of reading and outside other activities. They're solely on my time. So let's take 33 minus 5. I'm down to 28 hours left in my week. Direct one-on-one -on -one time, daddy-daughter time here for my little girl. I try to give my daughter at least one hour of play and attention time each day. This is usually when I get home from work, throw in a few more hours during the weekend that we're directly enjoying time together, just her and I playing. Let's call this 10 hours. 28 minus 10, I'm down to 18 hours left. 
Family time. 18 hours. That's all I'm left with. Now let's throw in time I waste on social media and reading news stories and commenting and responding to people. I'm afraid to ask what that number is. Amazingly, I know I'm better at this than what I was a year or two ago. At least one day out of the weekend, I try to spend as much time offline as possible. I need to make a commitment to spend at least half as much time I do with my daughter. With my, that I, let me rephrase that. I need to make a commitment to spend at least half as much time I do with my daughter with my wife one on one. Now it's not as if we're neglecting each other, not at all. This entire evaluation isn't as rigid as what it is on paper or, or what it sounds like if you're listening to it. We spend an enormous amount of time of our week parenting or enjoying our family entertainment together. The actual quality time together is lacking, just as I suspect it is in most homes. We'll work on that, especially after I reviewed this weekly time budget. We're terrible making it to church in recent years as well. We'll make it for weeks at a time, then we'll miss for a few weeks at a time as well. We've made it a goal to improve this year. There's certainly room for improvement. My point is this. There's little time in the week left for me to just give to people, causes, and events outside my own family. So I'm very protective of the time I do have and carefully consider what I give any extra time to. I treasure every second I have. Friends are important to me. Forgive me that I can't provide you with the time we once had. Those were fun times, but nowhere in the course of my week can I justify giving you two hours, let alone a six or eight hour night, which also likely will mess with my limited sleep, which will mess with my limited hours to write, and so the cycle goes on. It's not even a fair fight. And I know all of you so well that are my friends. You're not trying to compete for my time, and you certainly understand I am a family man. But now, perhaps, you understand the time involved and why you are the sacrifice I have had to make. Dear friends, I am sorry you just can't compete with my daughter running my legs when I open the door when, and she's yelling, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. She's already two. The moment I walk in the door, is about 30 seconds of my day. Her smile, excitement, melts my heart. The smile for my wife is one of love, but also a bit of thankful relief after a day of watching our little one and three others as well. She needs a moment to pause too, before she joins me in the effort against the clock. Not to mention my wife is early in her second pregnancy. More than ever, my time is limited. I'm so excited that our daughter gets to be a big sister soon, which is even more important that I take advantage of the time her and I can have together one-on-one. -on -one. She's two years old. She won't always be this excited when Daddy comes home, but there will be other things, after-school events, activities on the weekend, whatever they might be that she's interested in, I certainly will be there for as much of it as I can be. But for now, those precious 30 seconds are the best part of my day. I figure maybe I have five years of this at best. Approximately 250 working days a year times five goes 1,250 days. And likely she won't be excited all those days. And that warmth will end quicker than I like. This is the best case scenario, I figure. When she turns 18, she'll have lived for 6,570 days. If the average is correct that I have 33 years left to live, that means I have about 12,045 days to look forward to. Half of that time will be spent watching my daughter grow into a beautiful young woman. You and I can find time for that beer later on. Right now, my daughter and I have a tea time, a tea party to go to and enjoy. And I wrote that last night. Like I said, already getting a lot of hits. You can check it out at brandonjamesbenson.wordpress.com. Really appreciate it. 
and uh, uh, hopefully gives you some perspective in the life of a father and a dad and uh, you know if you still got uh, friends out there without children kind of sets uh, sets it up in tangible terms of uh, why we don't spend a lot of time with our friends anymore and that might be different and you might have a different way of going about it living and structuring your life and if that works for you I think that's great all right, I tell you what, let's end our uh, show here this morning, this Monday. Let's say a prayer for peace as we remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dear Lord, we have so many examples before us in our time with leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who chose your way, your path, in the wake of injustice. May we find courage in their example and follow their footsteps and not meet hate with vengeance, but first seek forgiveness and eternal life through you and find the courage, strength, and wisdom in your words so that our words might encourage others and bring light to the world around us, the world of your creation. Amen. Hey, Carrie Eliza on everyone. Thanks for joining me. Let's try it again tomorrow. Have a great Monday.